Good morning, good afternoon, Patriots, depending on where you are. Today's show's a little bit late, and I apologize. Um, actually, it's not really an apology. It was a necessity. Let's just put it like that. I got in last night uh, from Tucson. I arrived in about 9.30, so I had promised a show last night. It did not happen because on the flight in, I got notified that one of my new cabs had been uh, killed by coyotes. So last night was a bit of a urgency to get back to the property and to check on the cattle to make sure that they were safe and then to go hunting last night, which unfortunately I haven't found the predator yet, but I will. And we found where they're coming in on the property. So now it's a matter of heading back to finding their den and killing every one of them, which I will do. And that's um, just part of ranching. So anyway, that's, that's the update. And that's why tonight, this morning's show is a bit late because I had, uh, literally was out till way early in the morning uh, doing overwatch on the cattle, literally just being the shepherd for them so that they were safe and didn't have any threats. So there you go. Patriots, before we get going today, um, we've got food concerns on a global level, something to be very aware of. And those food concerns are real. They are getting more real. And that... Um, is not going to stop. I mean, the headlines today, it's a, again, they're trying to and they're trying to flame up the war in Middle East as much as they can. The truce collapses, they say. Middle East missiles fly over Gaza, etc. They're trying to get everything they can to engulf the entire war, war or world into a Middle Eastern war. And that's going to affect the food chain and food supply. And it's happening on so many levels. So make sure you have a good food plan. And that's the bottom line. And you need to have with that a baseline of things that are what we call emergency food. And those are foods that you know will keep you well. They will keep you strong. They will keep you mentally focused. That needs to have a variety of things so you don't get worn out by the same flavor every day and also nutritionally balanced. And that's where we come in with My Patriot Supply. They're the number one emergency food supplier in the nation. Very proud to have them as a sponsor of this show. And so they have a three-month emergency food kit, which you really should check out. So if you head on over to our website, which uh, is preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. You'll find the three-month emergency food kits there. They're fantastic. They're a great way to establish a foundation for any food plan or emergency food plan you have. That shelf life of 25 years, 2,000 calories a day, and you need one for every member of your family. It's fantastic. So head over to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. There's great savings on them right now. And you will find that if you order... I believe it's by 3 o'clock, could be 1 o'clock. The same-day shipping is free. So they have them in stock ready to send to you, so take it, check it out. It's good. Okay, so, you know, I think one of the things that has really struck me as I'm going along here, and by the way, we're going to do the prayer at the end today. I'm just going to talk a bit, and uh, we'll just kind of see how the show flows, but we're going to, I'm not going to, since we're kind of off schedule anyway, typically we do it 11 minutes into the show. Today we're just going to talk, and then we'll do our prayer at the end. One of the things that's really struck me, and it struck me a lot on this flight and in, in, in the airport, there's a number of things I want to share that I've been noticing and, and I witnessed yesterday, which were rather significant on a, on a scale of what's going to be and what's coming to the United States. The first thing is really just talking about men and how detached and disconnected men are to the entire sense of the world right now. And what that is looking like is that men have become so wrapped around corporate and nonsense jobs. It's, it's not producing anything of substance in the kingdom. So that has created a massive gap 
for skill sets and people not knowing what to do because they have become mercy of, they have to live at the mercy of the corporate world. And that ultimately it's a deep state. And so one thing I'm speaking of really directly right now, a lot of this has come out very clearly, even with this whole reversal surgery I went through on Tuesday, and it's going to continue to have a lot of the impact on my ministry and this ministry here, because it is about restoring the vitality of men in a much deeper way. We are in a place right now where men have been literally neutered from the very principle of what they're supposed to be doing. And we, when we ask constantly about where the men are and we are looking for cause and effect, there are many causes and effects. One of the most draconian is this vasectomy issue, which is much deeper than people realize and it's more pervasive than people realize. I am getting people writing into me now asking me for the name of that clinic, which I'm providing, even somebody, people in late years saying, I need to get this done, meaning reversed, because they're understanding the, the magnitude of this. I am tracking something new on this, is, which is pretty amazing, which is looking at families. I'm having testimonies come in from men that are talking about how their entire family relationships have fallen apart post-vasectomy. These are really important issues because it's a, it is the, the whole concept of neutering men from the source of the seed of what they are is being reflected in the fact that we have children right now that are not being protected by men. They're being put to the wolves at the, at the school systems, and ultimately, parents are so broken that they're walking their children into these mutilation camps, and, and it's really nothing more than a sacrifice to Baal and Moloch, and they're getting their gender changed. We should not even be here. And the problem is that we don't have as a culture any concept of what the church of the sons of God looks like, let alone the church of Adam. There's, this would never have happened. We have the authorities and men are the head of the household. And this is all this deep programming that's gone in, in particular in this culture. The United States is the worst violator overall across the entire globe of destroying the family. And the worst part about it is that men are part of destroying it. I, it's just watching men and the pettiness of them. Last night I'm getting out of the airplane and I have somebody, I'm grabbing my bags, I got to go. And I'm just standing in line, I'm not doing anything. I'm in first class, I step up and this guy turns around immediately and goes, like, you in a hurry? And I said, a little bit, well, why? He said, well, because you passed a bunch of people and you came up to the front of the line. I'm like, yeah, I'm out of my seat first and I've got a cow that just lost her calf and it's not kind of important to get home. But there's no connection with that because he's more interested in, the fact that he's on the front row and he wanted to make sure that he was first out of the plane because that was his issue. That's what's important to him. And then he wants to make sure that he has his priority status so that when he goes in and his hurry is that he needs to get to the rental car agency so that he can get his rental car, which he spent a lot longer than I did in the airport as I left. These are, these are petty dramas and men are consumed with them. I mean, I had real issues last night. I got a picture last night of my calf that was left with a spine because the wolf, the, the coyotes killed it, and after it just came out, and then the then the eagles ate it. I was hoping to raise the curd by 16. Now I'm down to 15. I have two calves that I've located. I'm supposed to have a third one here that was born apparently on the 28th. I think I don't know yet, and so I don't know if we've lost one or two. These are real issues because that becomes an issue of commodity and food and value. But men are completely detached from this reality to a large degree. Concerned of value and, and, prop, and, and the cost of things and what it's going to impact you gets to wage, which is a dollar, which is anchored in absolutely nothing. It's rooted in paper. 
And so the value principle that men are dealing with is completely distorted. It's a sickening state we are in. Men, one of the major problems in this country right now because they have bought into this idea of being weak. And it is literally like looking at a culture where everybody's been neutered. Well, I shouldn't say everybody, but a large percentage of men have been neutered. Now, some of this, we look at various things. I will tell you, as I have gone through this reversal surgery and got the numbers on it, one of the things that is stunning to me is how many men have had vasectomies. And when you start following that rabbit hole, how many of those marriages end up having problems? The function of the marriage is to ultimately produce children. I speak from experience of doing the wrong thing. And then when you match my experience, which is four fails, four fails, and you overlay that with men that get a vasectomy and then watch what happens in their marriage, there is a direct correlation. And this actually ties into some, some conversations I've had with Dr. Lee Merritt talking about how vasectomies in men is something much greater than we have under any understanding in science. It is because it's spiritual. But in top, on top of that, men have been then pacified. They've been pushed off the land. They're literally in a place right now where they're living in these corporate jobs, doing these things of, it's all white collar job stuff. It has no function to the root of who we are. And this is the problem. And we're getting into an era right now where if you don't have skills, you are going to be in a problem. If you don't have skills to how to fabricate, how to raise animals, how to grow food, how to hunt, how to build, if you don't have these skills, you're going to be a problem. And we're not going to be able to have them all as an individual man. We have got to start developing very important issues or very important redirections on how we live together. We have to start building our communities and building the strength in those communities to come together. This is not an easy time. And it's not going to get any easier. But what, where my frustration comes in across the board is the willingness of men not to want to step beyond the desk. And it's because the, the real issue, like last night when I came back, and I'm here on the plane trying to get off, and this was a story I told a bit ago, which is going to make for a really great edit today because I have to go through and patch all the stuff together. But anyway, it's all good. You know, I'm sitting here in first class. I get off the plane. The plane lands. I unbuckle my belt and grab my bag. I have a couple things in mind. One, obviously, I want to get to my Jeep and sit. I don't want to be carrying a lot of weight. That's by doctor's orders. Two, I want to get to my bags, get them on my trolley, get them into the Jeep, and get home because I have a calf that was killed by coyotes when it was born. And they ravaged it, and then the eagles finished it. So I, the picture I get from my neighbor that's looking after the property is a spine of a calf and a morning and a morning mother. And this is the disconnect because men have come to a place where they don't even really get that relationship with animals. And this is a sad statement because if a man can't relate to the animals that he's raising, he's not going to be able to relate to his family and his kids. And if all that animals represent is something to kill and eat and not nurture and grow— you're not going to have the empathy to be able to raise children well. And I'm sure somebody will flame out on that, but that's okay. I don't care because this is a truth. We have got to get back to God's world. And it's important to get back to God's world. So right now, we have to get to a place where we, I had that empathy. When you get a picture like that of a calf, I love these animals. 
I mean, I literally was, I had tears in my eyes and then I had the fire of righteousness because I literally, I mean, that lit me up. I'm like, okay, I will find that coyote. And I was praying to God. I said, God, bring me that coyote to my hands because I will implement justice by my own fingers on the trigger. And I will. But this is the reality because that coyote is a threat, not to a herd, but to a lifestyle, to food sources, to the stability, to the nurturing of God's flock. This is literally David taking care of his flock, and we all have to have that mentality. The reason David is so mighty before Goliath is because he puts himself out there on the very line all the way through his life, protecting his flock, fighting off the lions and the wolves. And when men are detached from that reality, and then they're put into an environment where they're constantly being beat down, it's always being told that the women are better, that someone else is better, that there's white guilt, there's all this other garbage going on. Men become neutered. And they become willfully neutered. So let me show you how bad this is. Because it is bad. And you better buckle up because it's coming and it's going to be worse than you've ever imagined. And I'm not exaggerating. I walk into the Tucson airport yesterday. As I come into the, to the from the drop-off point, I come through the gate or through the doors. TSA is right before me. The entry point to TSA is blocked by a line of well over several hundred illegal aliens. Those illegal aliens are strung across the airport and wrapped around to a private line that TSA has set up to process them with plane tickets, with hotel reservations, with food and meal vouchers to get them on the plane and fly them into Dallas and other places. So I navigate through that. Fortunately, the TSA agent was super, super good with me. I had a letter from the doctor, and I said, hey, you know, I've, I've got some medical. I'm not supposed to be lugging my luggage. I've got it on a trolley. He's like, come with me. He moved me right through. TSA, I, I usually don't have compliments for TSA, but I'm going to tell you, they were fantastic yesterday, truly. They just they ushered me right in. They took my luggage through quickly. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to unpack any of my laptops, nothing, and they got me on my way. And so are the gate agents. All fantastic. So I took some time yesterday to just like walk around and look around the airport as I'm pushing the trolley with all my luggage on it and talk to the gate agents and even talk to one of the baristas. But here's what struck me. This is Tucson, Arizona. We are just miles away from the southern border. But what is very disturbing is how many Africans are in the airport. And they're all illegals. They're all coming through. And they're all being flown across the United States. Now let me go a step further. These aren't just Africans. These are African males. Nigeria, Kenya, and Central Africa where the French colonies were because they're speaking French. And I will tell you something, because you see it in their eyes. Every one of them has already been involved in a lot of violence in their lives. And as I'm looking across this airport, I'm looking at men that are buried in their black mirrored phone device. They don't see any of this. And I'm listening to Africans talk in disdain about Americans, and these guys are just sitting there all curled up, looking at their phones, not wanting to look up. America is broken, and it's broken because our men have no balls. And I'm getting sick and tired of this. And everybody's afraid to take a step in and do something, and I'm going to tell you what's coming because you see it, and I've been tracking it intelligence-wise for some time. 
These people are coming in to incite violence, and they know that a large percentage of Americans will collapse and quiver under the threat of violence. These are the Africans that you see in Europe that rape women. They use machetes for their, their extortions of terror. And that's how they live. So, yeah, the best of the best, not a chance. The most deep and dark criminal elements. So it is time to start making a decision as a country. And, man, I'm not playing around anymore. It is time to step up and start deciding where you're going to be because right now we have a country that is being invaded. The invasion is there. I talked to the desk agents. I mean, I couldn't believe how many people are there. And I asked her, I said, what is this? And she goes, oh, every one of these people. She says, you see there? She says, we see thousands of them a week. They get their flight vouchers. They get their meal vouchers. They get their hotel vouchers. And if they miss a flight, they come and complain at us that they're hungry and they need a place to sleep. That's our government doing this. Let's be clear. And every agent in the government that's part of this is a criminal. Because they're following orders that are against the Constitution and they are not part of our laws. This is the invasion and this is how they are shaking up the world. So it's about time that we start to see the mighty men of God stand up. And I'm not talking about when I say this, the first, the first thing that always happens when I say this is men are like, oh, I got my guns, lock and loaded, let's go. That is not what I'm talking about. Because we just first of all need men that are solid in God, strengthened in God, strengthened in Scripture, strengthened in being mighty men of God. You want to go to war, God will lead your hand. Don't worry about that. Keep praying. He'll show you when to lift that sword and when to cut. But we need to be waging war in the spirit and waging war viciously in the spirit because what we're seeing in the reflection of our flesh in these people coming in is a reflection of the moral bankruptcy that has happened in this country where we are literally sacrificing kids, mutilating children, allowing families to be completely destroyed, and men, and I was one of them, willfully going in and getting our seed cut so we can't reproduce. That is what you reflect. We would like to use the term when God's judging us. We're judging ourselves. We did it. And we're not doing anything about it. We are literally not doing a thing about it. We're sitting here on the side going, oh, well, maybe Jesus will come fix it. We created the problem. You know, I, I guess I would, I like, I'm going to take that for a moment, that thread, because it always, it, it always gets under my skin, right? Well, Jesus is coming. Jesus raptured me out. Jesus. All right. I want you to think about this in terms of accountability before the throne. Just put this on your heart and listen to me purely. I'm not assaulting your way you want to see the world. Cool, whatever. But I want you to think about these words. If you are waiting for Jesus to come in and rapture you out or fix this problem, what will you be judged on when you stand before the throne when God asks you, what did you do with my kingdom and how did you protect my children? And I want you to let that sit on your heart because that's ultimately every single person is going to have to face that. Every single person is going to have to face every word, every thought, every action before the throne. So if our world now in our country is sitting here up, hands up, oh, Jesus, come rapture me out. I'll tell you what, I do not want on that train. Trust me, because if I'm being raptured out for failure here, that is not going to look good on the other side when I can go face our Father for a judgment. 
I will stay here and I will right the wrongs of everything I've done that I can. And I will walk that fire and that furnace and I will let that silver and dross be burned and I will let myself be purified here as much as possible before I go racing up to heaven going, I'm out of here. But what I'm looking at in this airport is just an unbelievable breaking. There is nothing. The strongest people there, again, and I say this with such, I say this truly with reverence. Thank you, women. The ones that are speaking out are the women. They're the ones that are correcting the people in line when they're acting up and they're the illegals. And they don't, and they know the women even, and the flight agents don't have any authority there, but they're being strong and they're being where the men should be. The barista is openly, t- t- it's just, she was cracking me up. She's surrounded by a bunch of Africans over there. And she's like, yeah, they're the problem. They're here, and she goes into a whole bunch of stuff fearlessly. And I'm looking at all these men sitting at the bar sipping on their cocktails. And I'm like, okay, there is a problem here that a woman as a barista and a bartender is speaking truth when the men are sucking down their miseries and their worries in alcohol. Do we see the problem here? This is not acceptable. And it's the women that are literally on the front lines right now creating the gap so hopefully we can bring the men up. I'm believing that we can, but it is going to take a lot of work. And it's going to end up being a Gideon 300. Now, let me be clear. This I do not advocate in any way here that we are going towards a point where we have to go to guns yet. But that clock is ticking if we don't do something. And the way that we end up having to do it is we have to start waging our war in the realms of the spirit. We have to get ahead of this. This is deliverance, which churches don't want to teach. This is deep healing, which churches don't want to teach because it deals with the miracles we're not supposed to have anymore. That is all garbage. That is all satanic influence in our churches that have corrupted the very principle of teaching what Jesus taught us. Jesus Jesus is literally a warrior. And an absolute warrior of all of the greatest caliber that can walk in amongst armies because of who he is as the son of God. And he can bring them to their knees weeping without having to raise a sword of steel because he mastered and carries the holy heavens sort of sort of this of the kingdom. Wouldn't we all want to strive for that? Wouldn't we all want to have the greatness and the power of that within us to be able to walk amongst people and to be able to heal them? to be able to deliver them from the influences of the demonic. We are not after the sinner. We are after the sin. We are not after the flesh. We are after the, the demonic that's influencing them. That's where our war is waged. It's in the principalities beyond our reach, but we can reach them through the powers that we are given and the authorities given by Jesus. And because we don't see it directly, people are like, well, I don't really see it. I see those Africans over there. I don't really want to get in a fight, so I think I'll go to the bar and I'll have myself a cocktail. Man. And so we end up, absolutely end up as a nation, watching this nation being torn apart. I stood there at the desk yesterday and had a great conversation with a flight attendant, the desk agent. And I looked at her and I said, I cannot believe what I'm looking at. And she goes, I know it's horrible, isn't it? We have illegals right there. I just want to be clear. I'm not trying to hide what I'm saying. And she's as fearless as I would hope she would be. And we had a fearless conversation amongst them. I'm like, I served three and a half years in Afghanistan to watch my country being raped from me right now. 
And she says, I know. She says, thank you for your service. She said, I deal with this every single day. I said, I don't know how you do it. And she had no words for that. She's being put through a vitriol hell every single day because she has to stand there at the desk and watch these illegals being rushed in. She has to process them. And she's watching her country being stripped from them. Where are the men? We have Pete Chambers down on the border. He is leading a small group of men to try to get through and get private sectors, sections set up so that we can defend the border. We have small groups of people around the country trying to get to where they're organized in the community, but we're not seeing the bulk of men. Why? Well, let's see. I got to worry about my 401k. Got to worry about that promotion. I have a Zoom call with uh, somebody in China to try to get a new contract. Um, have an interpersonal problem with my secretary at work. Uh, oops, got some porn problems going on here. Uh, oops, got some more porn problems going on here. Whoa, man, that's the bad news. Uh, Jim down in the down in the in accounting just got found out that he was uh, he had an affair. So we got to deal with that. That's a little bit difficult because he's dealing with other family counseling issues. So might have to pull him off and rotate him out. Hmm. Yep. And um, we got to come up with a new product to sell because our profit line is down. And so we got to come up with some new packaging to make people feel like it's a good thing to do because we got to, we don't have time to build something new. So let's remake the old and sell them more of the same thing, but put a new shiny polish on it. This is what men do these days. Let's go back to another era, like my grandfather's era. Get up in the morning, get out of the sheep wagon, um, wake up your brother by throwing in a handful of 45, 70 rounds into the little uh, potbelly stove in there that start exploding. The brother comes running out in his pajamas, freaked out in the middle of the cold, which is about 4 a.m. in the morning. Dogs are already out and running the sheep. Fire started. Coffee's hot. They're laughing now at each other. Guns are loaded. Back on the horses. Let's go. Get up on the ridge. Let's watch the sheep. Dogs are running the sheep. Find the coyotes. Send the dogs in to dig out the coyotes. Kill the coyotes. While you're along the way, Knock off a, a, a mule deer or maybe an antelope. Let's get that into camp. Let's skin it, and that's that'll be dinner. And maybe the next couple of days, got to dry some of it because that's what's going to carry us the jerky when we're on the trail. And protect your flock above all things. Those are the world we should be in. The other world is the world that is destroying us. And it's time to make some hard decisions. So it is absolutely essential, women, speaking to you, because you are on the front lines right now. And it is so essential that you, as you step up, you have to work to elevate men. And if you're married or if you're not, it's still your place. And you can't be soft, okay? You have to nurture, but you got to kick him in the butt. And you got to hold them accountable. And you can't let them slide. And you can't do this, like, and this is another thing that's going on with men right now. They're just kind of wallowing around like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what my calling is. Get your hands dirty. Start doing something. I don't know how I'm going to, I don't know how I'm going to support the family. If I go over, I do this other job. If you're married and that discussion's happening, you as a couple have to decide what you're going to do here, whether you're going to serve kingdom or whether you're going to serve Moloch and Baal. We're at that juncture. The beauty of a marriage when it's together and they're working together is all things are possible. 
But unfortunately, men, the comfort of the material, you're not taken with you into the afterlife. So pare it on down. Start getting focused on what's important and start realizing that if we cannot take care of our families in true substance, which means growing food, animal husbandry, butchering animals, hunting, fixing stuff, repairing, building houses, fixing engines, working on vehicles, getting horses back in your life to where you don't have to rely on some of that. I'm, I'm serious about all this. And just so we're clear, because I've seen some comments lately like, oh, man, I don't know what's going on with Bards. He's like, he's going a different direction. I'm not going any different direction. This is the trajectory I've been working towards for the last, I don't know how many years of my life. It's just that thanks to the path that God's put me on, it has accelerated. When I was living in an apartment, which is now my ex-wife, and at that time, and I was raising two, her two boys that I adopted, I had a community garden. This is in Florida. I had a community garden with a small garden plot that I was raising 60% of our food on that we ate, 60% of our fresh food. I, I grew on a community garden. I'm not putting a Boy Scout badge on. I'm just talking realistically about it can be done anywhere. And if we don't start getting into this and understanding the magnitude of where we're headed, this is going to be a Really, really difficult time. I'm worse than difficult. People are going to suffer. If you're in the cities, get out. It's going to get bad because all of these criminals are being pushed there. So right now, men that are doing the job, I'm beating on men. So let me, let me not do this the whole show because it's not fair because there are some incredible men out here. Thank you. And God bless you. Seriously. Keep up the work and we have to work harder to get the other men to stand up. And we cannot give quarter on this. It is time that as men out here, it is we have to press in and put and held their feet to the fire spiritually and in the flesh. And that that's all part of this process of getting cleaned up in the spiritual realm. That means getting deliverance done. If you have addictions to porn, drugs, alcohol, it's got to be broken. If you're living an immoral life, clean it up. God is not asking you to come to, to heaven like that. I think that's the part that I disconnect on. It's like, what happened to that moral man? What happened to that man that's like, there's no way I'll walk down that path? What happened to that moral man that when something is done wrong, like a man is, is abusing his wife or yelling at her, he steps in and says, that's enough. That's how I grew up. That's enough. I've told you this story before, and it's so, it's so impactful on my life. I was in high school. I was 16, went to, the, went to the rodeo, had a cowboy hat on, was sitting in the, standing in the bleachers. I was down below standing with my buddy, had my cowboy hat on. National anthem played. We all stood up. I was super patriotic, did the national anthem. After the rodeo, I'm walking out in the parking lot. Older gentleman comes up, two of them, one in particular speaking, says, young man, come here. I said, yes, sir. He says, you wore your hat during the national anthem. And I realized I had, because I wear a hat long enough, sometimes you forget you have it on, like my baseball cap right now. And he says, you don't do that, son. Never again. Let me tell you, when you have an older gentleman guiding you about the ways of the world and the, like that, and something that's that important, you listen. Never left me. It was a great lesson. 
Where are where is that now? This is how we this is how we mentor our youth. So you know that up on the ranch, the Cantrells are coming in. They're actually they're going to be arriving today. I'm so excited about this. This is nine young men and women, children right now, that will become adults, they'll become young men and women in the next few months. They will learn skills like how to hunt coyotes. They will learn skills like how to tend to calves. They will learn skills like how to grow food. And all of this over the next period of time that they're here, they will mature as a family. And they will become stronger and mightier in kingdom because they have the ability to get their roots in the soil, not just in the spirit. That's the tools, dual side. And the things that they're going to be taught will give them the fuel and the seeds to get bigger and greater in all of those things as they choose. This is the reset. We're not supposed to be where we are. This is a hijacked world that has gone off the rails and it's off the rails because it has not been of God. And for those that are trying to think that somehow God's going to bring in miraculous technologies like med beds and a few other crazy things, that's not of God. God's power in healing is through him. That is miracle healing. God's power of fixing ourselves comes through deliverance and inner healing. Restoration comes from a repentance and then taking the actions in the flesh that can amplify in the spirit. But these are just decisions ultimately that we have to start making as a people. Whom do we serve? So just to come back to the 28th and my reversal surgery. I've said this many times and you're going to hear it a lot more because it's all part of what we're putting together in a documentary anyway. I didn't do that because I'm trying to have kids or because I'm trying to be in a better place to marry somebody or because I have a girlfriend. I didn't do any of that. That's not what the motivation was. If that ends up being a blessing down the road in some miracle of God, I'll say yes. But I did that because it's what had to be done to make the wrong right because God showed me to do it. And that's obedience to him. So it's not a fanfare of me out here trying to do, hey, hey, look, look, look. It, what, is, what is the story is how destructive it is what is the story of how you literally it changes you when you get it done and how you feel the change that what you got taken away come back to you? Trust me, there are big shifts going on within me spiritually that are happening because this was restored. And it's incredible to witness and it's incredible to live and I'm blessed, I'm humbled before the Lord to have guided me to do such a thing. This is all about restoring the root and it's all about getting us back to the principle of why we're here, to expand the kingdom. And that's not just babies that we produce in the flesh. It is bringing people to have them reborn through the body of Christ to create the DNA of heaven. That means discipleship. That means spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it means getting out here and leaning into him to bring the miracles of heaven to us, the miracles of healing, the miracles of deliverance, the miracles of raising the dead. The miracles that are greater works that we don't even always understand. That's the power of how we win this war. That's how we get into the principalities and we get strike them. And then you watch what happens in the flesh because it will ripple down. What happens in the spirit is replicated in our physical world. And we've got it all upside down. So, men, I 
if you're not in that place right now where you're building something for your family to be sustainable, durable, provide food, provide shelter, provide energy, provide all the things that you need. If you're in the, in that corporate world, that clock's ticking, man. It's it's coming down. That's Babylon. And what I'm telling you is start digging in deep and hard. And you have to be bold. You're going to have to have the courage to go up and face those wrongs that you have done. That's what we do. Bring it to the throne. Get help with deliverance. We will pray with you. We will raise you up. We will lift you up because leveling up is what we do. We have to build the body of Christ. And we need it with strong men, men, mighty men of God. But that means porn addictions out. That means sexual fantasies out. That means the, and this, those are the two most corruptive and corrosive elements we have, literally, in our world. And men, if you've got good women around you, listen to them. Get rid of this, this distortion that happens from the, from the stories of Adam and Eve, where Eve is blamed for the fall. That's, not all, that's all garbage. Eve was ambushed. And it was done intentionally to create that conflict between man and woman so that the rib would be separated from Adam. It's not what's supposed to happen. We're supposed to be working in concert with one another, walking side by side. And by the way, just so I highlight this, it has nothing to do with sex. It has everything to do with the power and grace of what the beautiful creature women are to complement men in this world. And if your main motivation for being with women is sex, you're broken. You're absolutely broken. We need mighty men of God that are holy men of God because the women are screaming for it. They're out here on the front lines trying to protect their children, and the men are out here. I don't know what you're doing, but we, they need us on the front line. This is how we light the fires, and this is how we tear it down. And this is how we win. All right, Patriots, let's pray. Father God, we come to you today very humbled and blessed. And our prayers today are for men, Father. Big prayers for men. And we're praying that as men, we can start to see the lifting up and leveling up of men so that they can start to cut free from these acrid and corruptive elements in the lives of men that have made them weak, have given their souls literally to the flesh and have separated them from the power and might of the mighty men of God of kingdom. It's time for men to be accountable in a deeper way, accountable before the throne, accountable honestly within the moral character of who we are. And that means laying it all down. That means putting it all before the throne, Father, and laying it all down before you and say, I am here, I lay it all down. Wherever you need me, I shall go. That means that the desires, the wants, those things have to be set aside. The most important and, and essential things in our heart as men, we have to put to God and hand them to him and say, God, they are yours, they are not mine. And we have to become the obedience to the Lord as we are intended to be, to become the mighty men of God in this hour that we need to be. So, Father, we make that prayer, that that will stir within the hearts of men. And as it stirs within the hearts of men, we just pray that the women that are there will be there to raise up, to nurture, to remind, and to hold them accountable. But there's no ego here. 
There's no pride. There's no trying to change one person to be like another person. And there's definitely not this nonsense that keeps going around and everybody trying to seek a relationship and trying to instead of seeking a relationship with God. Father, we just pray for those two that are walking out here that every single time they have an engagement with somebody, they're trying to figure out whether it's going to be their next dating partner or their next wife or husband. That brokenness in the heart, Father, we pray into today and we seek it to be healed with the love of Jesus. To start being able to walk alongside of each other, to understand that this is the body of Christ. This isn't the dating app of Christ, which seems to be a little bit confusing lately in a lot of sectors. So, Father, we raise up this kingdom. We raise up your children. We raise them up in prayer today to be able to speak in life, speak life in such a magnificent way that it heals those broken places, restores that root of love in you, and gets us to once again starting to be mighty men and women of of God in this world. And we pray these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. It's not easy work. Leveling up with the Lord is not easy. And I think we all know it if we've done it. But it never stops. Every single day it's about throwing something down. Every single day. God gave me the ability now to once again have children. God gave me the ability once again to have a wife who could have children if I chose choose. But it's not my choice, it's his. And I went before the throne and I took all of his gift and I handed it back to him and I said, Lord, it is yours. I lay it all down. And I did so in tears and I said, because what you gave me is not anything equivalent to what I need to give you in my obedience in this walk. Lay it down. This is a war. It's real. And we'll get through this and we'll win this, but it's going to take everything we have to lay it all down. Patriots. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants, 
No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 